0: Of all the kitchen hacks I know, Better Than Bouillon is my favorite. It's great for broth, of course, but you can also use Better Than Bouillon as a flavor enhancer. Just a spoonful adds so much flavor to stir fry, sauces, even marinades. Plus, they have reduced sodium and organic options and the culinary collection, which includes amazing flavors like
1: Italian herb and smoky Chipotle. Make everything better with Better Than Bouillon. For free shipping on two or more jars, use code BETTER at betterthanbouillon.com.
0: Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about 5.5 million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to our podcast. We're asking the question, Israel, why is the Middle East important? And this is our second episode. My partner, My radio partner, Neil and I, Neil Johnson and I, who I've I've known for almost 30 years. And I'm Jeff Bellatier, gathering periodically, Neil and I, to invite you into our discussion of why Israel and the Middle East seem so important on the world stage. So grab a coffee or your favorite beverage and listen in as we discuss this question and offer our opinions. You can catch this podcast on Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? And any place podcasts can be found. It's Israel, why is the Middle East important? The Middle East is important to lots of people, and Israel is the focal point. It's important to Jews, Israelis, not all Israelis are Jews, to Muslims,
1: to Christians, to Iranians, to Turks, to Iraqis. Neil, who am I leaving out? Well, let's see. Who all did we mention there? You mentioned wow. Egypt, and that is the uh, no, most important. No, I didn't important. mention Egypt. Oh, no. you did? No. Okay. So well, Egypt is wh- another one. Egypt yep. is another one. Who else in the Let's America? see. We've got to the north of uh, Israel. We've got their uh, erstwhile friends, the Lebanese. Oh, there you go. Lebanon. Uh, yeah. And we have the uh, country that uh, is uh, also north of them, Syria, with Syria, the capital very of Damascus. Important. Wow. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. prophetically, of course, we've got some more obscure people that the Bible calls various names Cush, Put so on. They could be, uh, depending on how you look at it, uh, Ethiopia, Somalia, okay. Libya. Okay. So that whole Middle Eastern uh, yeah. direct uh, kind, uh, geographic uh, depends on how far out we extend it.
0: But it is vast,
1: right? It's vast.
0: So I, I, the United Arab Emirates... Right. Uh, I, Egypt, of course,
1: uh, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, right? Right. right. We Correct. can't forget them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They They figure prominently yeah. in these uh, eschatological or end yeah. times. End times. Yeah. yeah,
0: the whole biblical thing. Correct. So yeah, yeah so it's it's uh, it's an amazing thing. Israel and the Middle East are really important. To a whole bunch of people. And let's not forget America. The United States. It's important to the United States. Yes. Yeah. So, in the last episode, I mentioned that my interest is mostly theological and spiritual. As a Christian, Israel, as a nation, a people, and its place in the timeline of eternity is what really matters to me, personally. Now, Neil talked about how Jesus and Israel are permanently linked in that way, that we are focused in this podcast about the eternal view of israel and we will discuss current events there in in that region and the behavior of the region as it matters uh, to our discussion so neil you did a great job last time helping us to understand the importance of israel as compared to its actual size as a country the importance of israel in the world compared to its
1: actual size can you
0: talk about that just a bit
1: well yeah. Exactly, Jeff, and thanks for saying that we did do a good job because that is important to always keep in mind. With all of the publicity and the press uh, almost entirely negative directed toward Israel and the Jewish people, one has to keep in mind that this is a dot on the globe. Uh, This is almost an insignificant amount of area. I think I said, because I've used this analogy before, it is like looking at a football field, Mm. going out on Mm. the 50-yard line and laying a matchbook cover down, and that Mm. would be approximately the size of Israel in that whole entire region. A matchbook cover on the football field, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and how
0: would you even find the matchbook cover if you didn't know where it was? That's how small
1: the are talking. And why would it inflame such passion? Yeah, just to have yeah. a, a, a a postage stamp, as it were.
0: And that's that's the other thing. It's such a tiny
1: little spot, a little dot, and it matters so much to so many people. It matters entirely and always has from the very inception, the opposition,
0: yeah.
1: and uh, you push back yeah. right from the very beginning yeah. days of yeah. the, uh, uh, God's uh, making the, the people and the, and the land and the nation. Right up to our day has been nothing but continual uh, opposition and pushback and it makes no sense either in the numbers of the Jews I think I told you yeah. earlier it's a it's yeah. a statistical margin of error for the yeah. people of the earth
0: we, we start off with you know in the, in the opening of the show we talk about uh, uh, 14 million 14 and a half million Jews in the world only 5 million of them live in Israel the rest are dispersed throughout the throughout the nations yet yet it's so important Precisely, and, and and the world. And I'm not saying it's important. Excuse me, I'm not saying it's important right. uh, naturally. I'm just saying
1: people care. Well, it is. Lots important. of people care, right? It is important in both regards. Naturally, yeah. And spiritually, yeah. But the natural will always be made manifest. Everything is a result yeah. of the spiritual look at Israel. Well, that's that's for sure.
0: I think we can, and we can ver- verify that, and we will verify that as we go forward. Sure. But but the the, the fact that there's a tremendous amount, <coughs> excuse me, a tremendous amount of energy that comes up for people when you bring up the Jews or Israel. And the Middle East. Truly. It's just amazing. It is amazing. And it's just a fact.
1: Right. I mean, if you were to even find any like-sized people group or country and ask that question, what do you think of, insert the blank, most people would look at you with a blank stare, mm-hmm. but if you ask people, "What do you think of Israel? The Jews?" you find very few you're people who get have a no. Response. You're yes, going to exactly. get a response, and that's why that's I always say it's a spiritual uh, issue at its core. Wow! So I, I have a personal uh, uh, personal
0: story I want to talk about regarding that exact fact that happened to me on Saturday. Just interestingly, uh, and I'll cover that in, in a second. Sure, but. Uh, this, this, before we, before we uh, get into that, I just want to give you guys, uh, you listeners, uh, what we're going to talk about today or try to cover today. We may have to do two episodes to cover this, but we'll see. Uh, so the questions we're going to ask ourselves today as we discuss is, who is a Jew? Why is Israel and or the Jews hated? And what does all that mean? So I want <clears throat> to set the stage here for our discussion by quoting uh, an article quoting from an article uh, from a publication online called tabletmag.com the author is david Mikiks, mikics M I K I C S he's an english professor at the university of houston in texas and here's what he had to say it's just a just a short short blurb of what he had to say He says in many parts of the world, Jews are increasingly unwelcome in the 21st century. The number of countries in which wearing visibly Jewish clothing, such as a kippa, means risking physical violence, has hit an all-time high. On both the individual and the national level, level Jews are targeted with extraordinary ferocity. He goes on to say, we hear Israelis, but no one else being compared to Nazis. We are told that Jewish nationalism is oppressive and archaic, that Israel is a uniquely racist country, that Israel's terrible misdeeds explain why people hate the Jews. Instead of being seen as an ordinary or all-too-human people, Jews are seen as carriers of a uniquely transcendent evil. No other group of people on the planet is accused so much of such fantastic wrongs. For a few decades after the Holocaust, it seemed that anti-Semitism might wane or even die out. That hope has now been defeated, he says. Could anything we do or say stem the tide? Or will Jew hatred persist as long as there are Jews to hate?
1: Jeff, and I think that's where we talked a, a, a little bit, or we, 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 we touched on it at least, and we've t- talked about it many times in the past. Mm-hmm. At its core, this whole issue is a spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. And even to say that will raise that same degree of uh, pushback, of ire, mm-hmm. when you tell people that. They want to lay out facts, and they want to lay out theology, depending on where they're coming from. But at its core, mm-hmm. we're talking about a spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So Neil, let's let's
0: kind of you know, I think we've established the fact that it matters. We've given a personal example uh, about it and and uh, people can just read, you know, do a Google search on it and just it just comes up. But let's begin with the question that we started off with here. What is a Jew?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and as we also discussed, we can go on and on and on, and let's not try to do that, but let's give some bones to the, uh, to the framework we're talking about, some, some structure. So what is a Jew? That is a hard question depending on where a person's coming from, but basically we can say, and we know that Jew, the term is from the Hebrew Yehudi, Yehuda, which is one of the sons of Jacob, the twelve tribes, the twelve different uh, uh, sons, and his name Judah is where we get that term Jew. So you could say, at its very um, essence, it was uh, an offspring of uh, Abraham through Isaac through Jacob, and specifically then through his son Yehuda, Judah, mm-hmm. and we get the term Jew. So, so
0: back. So this is good. You're doing the historical uh, examination here. So. <clears throat> they ended up uh, over time with the the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. Isn't that correct? Yes, They're they split do. in two. Right. right. Yes, it was. So, but Judah is the
1: one that survived for the most part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, although there's lots of jokes about that, especially in our day, a lot of people are popping up uh, uh, in most obscure places who've always had a very uh, uh, almost uncanny connection through. Mm-hmm. Words and customs mm-hmm. to the ancient Hebrew, Israelite, Jewish people in the most obscure of places. Sure, sure. And that so that that kingdom of Judah,
0: it, it seems to me, and I I want your opinion because you're smarter at this than I am, but it seems to me that the one that survived was the one that needed to survive. Because Jesus is,
1: right? He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah. Yes, right. that's right. 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 Well, Judah is, uh, I guess you would say, the kingly tribe. And we know as Christians that uh, our Savior, Yeshua, which means Savior, salvation, that he is what we as Christians say, coming back. He's coming again. He came once, he's coming again. And that's another theological issue. However, he comes back with the title of Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. And he does come back, not lowly, not as a... Uh, priest. He comes back as a mighty, conquering warrior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So that was interesting to me that uh, it just "quote unquote" happened to work out that the one that needed to survive is the one that survived. Judah, right. Judah. Yeah. You right. know, and, and it became Judah became the nation of Israel. The, the king, all the kings came from that. And so that that that's that's really cool. So. Um, Neil, so you're you're continuing about what is a Jew. You you talked about the fact that it's that tribe. Hey, can I tell you
1: a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to
1: limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday.
0: New on Curiosity Stream: we've walked with dinosaurs. We've explored our prehistoric planet, and we were always told the same story. Extinction came from the sky. But what if dinosaurs survived? Amazing Dino World Two. Watch it now on Curiosity Stream with monthly, annual, and bundle plans. Find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com.
1: This from that tribe. So, so what? What else is? Who is a Jew? Well, it, it's from all of the tribes. Okay, all of them right. are Jewish. Right, they are. Uh, I, but. The term "the brothers" all the Jew brothers came of, from Yehuda, but yeah. all of the twelve brothers. Yeah. Yes, they all make up this commonwealth of Israel, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. all of the different mm-hmm. tribes. Yeah. And those are the ones we refer to as the lost tribes. And mm-hmm. of course, the joke is among those people, whether they're coming from the Beni Manasseh of, of India and other places. Their joke and the standing joke is. So who's lost? We've been here all the time. Mm. And you find them, the remnants in China, Japan, through different religious practices, different Mm. words, just uncanny vestiges of this catching away of the northern kingdom that were brought eastward when it was destroyed in about 720. So all,
0: all of the members of all 12 tribes are genetically... Right, right. Genetically Jewish.
1: Genetically Jewish. Right. That right. term Jew then is a catch-all for all of them, even of though them. it came mm-hmm. from the the Yehuda is where that term Jew mm-hmm. came from. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then
0: there's then there's the aspect of being a Jew uh, religiously. Religiously, so, correct. So talk about that.
1: Right. So then you get into this whole issue that uh, everything raises more questions. Of course, uh, the, the more you dig into it, but. Uh, there is a religion called Rabbinic Judaism. And so even in Hebrew, the the, the, the Israelis or Jews ask the question, Me Yehudi, who's a Jew? How, how do we decide? Is it just, is it uh, DNA? Is it, uh, you're born a Jew? Is it, I align with Israel? We'll talk about that maybe in a moment. Is it the fact that, no, it's a religion, you convert into Judaism, what today in our day is called Rabbinic Judaism uh, Pharisaical Judaism I know that has a negative term but that's where it came from after the destruction of the
0: temple So, AD AD 90 they had a kind of a confab or something and established it because the temple was destroyed, right? They couldn't do the
1: sacrifices
0: anymore and Rabbinic Judaism came out of the fact that the temple was destroyed.
1: Well, what we call Rabbinic Judaism, so that's very true, Jeff. The Romans destroyed it in 70 AD. Mm -hmm. Now, the rabbis and uh, uh, Pharisaic Judaism, if you will, was around, of course, before that, before the destruction. But that... That particular strain came more into the ascendancy, if you will, as far as the influence mm-hmm. post the destruction of the temple. They, they migrated, uh, if you will, to different cities around Israel through uh, many, many, many years and got, uh, if you will, more and more powerful as far as being the voice of, quote-unquote, the Jewish community, the Israelites, who were lost. Here's the temple is destroyed, unheard of, unthinkable. And so they first went to Yavni, and then they migrated up into the Galilee and had these schools up there. That today, we trace our heritage in rabbinic Judaism right back to that destruction through the Pharisaic-rabbinic stream of Judaism.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, and and that... Emerged as a way of adapting to the fact that the temple was destroyed; they couldn't do sacrifices correct, anymore. Correct. All of that was abolished. Correct. correct. So then they developed the synagogue system,
1: right? As predominant, there yeah, was always synagogues right, right, I- right. during the temple yep. and rabbis, yep. and so it's kind yep. of a it's kind of a mixed stew yep. to yep. parse that out. Yep. But yes, that's that's generally correct. So, so what, what is a religious Jew? Yeah. So a religious Jew uh, is. How does that define being a Jew? So, there are a number of streams of religious people within Judaism mm-hmm. as it's come down from the destruction in seventy to our day, mm-hmm. who take various um, streams of thought. You can have what's called ultra or- ultra Orthodox. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have Orthodox. You can have traditionalists. You can have Zionists. You can have secular traditionalists and that they're secular but they follow the the holidays just because that's what kept us and it's what's good so in other words like Christianity we have a full spectrum of who is a Jew in the religious setting mm-hmm. so what we do know about that people right
0: from almost the time of their inception is that they have struggled right they, a- they have always struggled.
1: Uh, not only struggled, but have been persecuted in their struggle. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to say, I struggled. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to say, not only am I struggling, but I am fighting the entire world because they are trying to destroy us, me, off the face of the earth, which again goes back to it's all spiritual. And if I could, just for a quick second, Jeff, because I don't want to forget this point, when you ask who is a Jew... It is also important to say that raises issues because we see in Exodus that it, it refers that after this cosmic clash of God bringing the ten plagues that most all of our listeners are familiar with on mm-hmm. Egypt, mm-hmm. why? To set his people, Israel, free to go into the promised land so God judges that that land of Israel It says in a very obscure passage, most Christians would read right past it, but it's full of meaning, especially to Jewish thought. It says a mixed multitude went with them, Mm -hmm. and that is key. So who is that mixed multitude that went with the DNA-ish, if you will, the specific birthed Jews? A mixed multitude went out with them. So who is that? Well, obviously, that was non-Jewish by birth, mm. maybe non-Jewish by living in the community. Mm. But they saw this cosmic clash. They saw the repercussions. They chose voluntarily to align with and side with Israel. And they went out as the, in Hebrew, Arab the mixed multitude with the Jewish people. Hmm, very interesting. So they were Jews. So they became Jews very quickly. In other words, it was just a few days later that God, writing through the Torah, the five books of Moses, and in Exodus, as they went out from Egypt, the mixed multitude with the Jews, it's only a few days later that God refers to the entire congregation, the entire assembly as Israel. In other words, once they aligned with the mixed multitude came, God talks to them, right? Mm -hmm. And he calls them. Hi, Israel. How you doing? Right. And we read from there, no more distinction of mixed multitude in Scripture. They are Israel. So Paul talks about
0: that Abraham is is the key to both peoples, Gentile and Jew. Correct. Uh, God said to Abraham, a multitude of people will be descendants from you more than can be count more than the stars in the sky right right it's, it, and so that's that's an amazing thing right and so who are the, all those people well they're anybody as Paul says and we're going to get to this in a second but anybody who believes right are under that Abrahamic covenant correct and they're placing their faith in a Jewish Messiah they absolutely are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not something that people are really aware of when they do that. No. And it's not necessarily not necessary that they're aware of it when they do that, but it is important for them if they want to truly understand their faith and to really understand who they are now for them to come to an understanding of that that they put their faith in a Jewish
1: Messiah. Absolutely. Absolutely, they did. And how are they in this covenant? Because we see that throughout, the covenant was made with these people, with the Israelites, the Hebrews, the Jews, specifically. And we read in the New Testament that Jesus made it very clear that I have come but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That is who I've come. So then we get into that question. Well, seemingly we're talking about Two opposing, contradictory positions, both being true at the same time. Yeah. How does that work? Wow. So, Neil, here's a quote I want us to deal with. Right,
0: now. I want us to wrestle with this a little bit before we move on into why people hate. Hmm. And the quote is from Romans two twenty nine, and it reads like this: Paul is writing. Paul is writing to the Roman Christian church. And the Roman Christian Church is composed of Jews and Gentiles both, and they both have different uh, starting points for how they view Jesus and how they view the world. And Paul is trying to reconcile them because they're not getting along.
1: Much like our day.
0: They're, yeah, <laughs> they're not getting along. And the, the Jews are saying, no, we have to do these things, we have to do these, you know, follow the law, blah, 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 blah. And the Gentiles are going, no, 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 no grace i got the holy spirit yeah. i don't need that stuff right correct. you know guy was you know and so they're having this infighting and and paul and all the other apostles by the way are trying to live out jesus prayer that we would be one as he and the father are one and that's the essentialness of the meaning of who we are as a people and we're not even close but the the apostles all throughout the New Testament all these letters of letters of correction are mostly about the fact that we're not getting along <laughs> and they're trying to help us get along so so here's the quote from romans 229 but he is a jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is that which is of the heart by the spirit not by the letter and his praise is not from men his praise is not from men,
1: but from God. Right, seems pretty uh, pretty clear on its face, doesn't it, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> seems like that should be the end of story. Are you saying? <laughs> I don't
0: know. It's it could be the beginning of a whole another discussion because it, it, it's it's to me Paul is saying he's coming to a conclusion here. But a Jew is one, a, a, but a, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that which is of the heart by the Spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. So there's a whole passage in Jeremiah where Jeremiah talks about the new covenant: "I will give to you a new covenant, and you, where heart will become circumcised, not your flesh." Right. And and there's also a reference in Deuteronomy to this, uh, this type of thing. It's the intimacy that God wants us to have with Him, and, uh, and the, the intimacy of what he does in us when we say yes to him. But here's the thing that struck me about it, Neil. Uh, Paul is talking to Gentiles and Jews. Right. Both. Right. At the same time when he says this. Sure. So his given is that you're all Jews. You have a new heart. And God circumcised your heart and cut off the bad part. And now you have a new heart, a new mind, right? You are a new person. You are renewed. And he's trying to get that point across throughout the whole rest of the letter, of course. And uh, here we are still, as you say, struggling.
1: Struggling. What can that mean? And again, that, that issue is come, came up through history as far as who is a Jew, Is God done with the Jews? You you use the term called cessationism. It just means to cease. God ceased being concerned with Israel. He's concerned with the world. Well, that is not correct. God is always concerned with the entire world. I mean, he makes that clear from the very beginning as well when he called out Israel and the Jews as a specific people for a specific purpose. Throughout, he also always made it clear from the beginning that that is too small of a thing for God. You shall be a light Israel, Jews, to the nations. While certainly Messiah has been a light, nobody else has been a bigger light but Yeshua, Jesus, the Jew, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, to the nations. So while we have plenty of references, Jeremiah, You mentioned Ezekiel, Deuteronomy, of a new covenant to come. And Jesus in the New Testament, which of course Jews don't adhere to, but we Christians do as authoritative documents, made it clear that he was inaugurating. He was, not that it's over, but beginning to fulfill, put bones on that whole concept of this is the referred to new covenant of a circumcised heart. But in no way did God ever abrogate all of the other many many covenants with Israel specifically the Abrahamic, the Mosaic, the Davidic, the Palestinian number of covenants where he said, I swear this forever So is one wait wait uh, wait
0: wait wait wait, wait. Hmm. so you're thinking of you're thinking of these covenants that God made with Israel uh, one would be with the land, for example We're, yes for, for example sure I give you this land. Forever, forever, forever. So that's a covenant God made with them regarding that land, Uh, and that that that's not canceled. The only the only one that was canceled, I think, was the Mosaic covenant. Isn't that correct? Never canceled. Never canceled. Never never canceled. Okay, okay. So that's not canceled. So so, and and when when God gives us a new covenant, why do people hear? Why do people hear? A replacement covenant. A replacement covenant. Why do they hear the word replacement when all he says is, I give you a new one?
1: Right. And you could even say, I renew the original covenant with you. Or you could put it another way and translate it if you wish. I'm going to make this make sense to you, mm-hmm. this new covenant. Mm-hmm. But we call it the New Testament, the new covenant. And basically that also comes down to a couple of things. One, many Christians mm-hmm. who really wonder about these issues. hmm If Jews in Israel are chosen, Mm -hmm. I must be second class. What about me? Am I unchosen? Oh, yes. So then it raises all of those sort of deep-seated psychological insecurities. I don't like these people because I may or may not have had an experience with a Jewish person here or there who was less than noble. And I don't even like thinking that God has a special covenant with mm, them. Mm. But again, God has a special covenant with the nations as well. Yeah. So that's part of it. The other part of it is, we touched on it before and we've talked many times, the idea, mm. the improbability, the impossibility, the nonsensicalness, the absurdity that this could mean what it says. In other words, as you're yeah. going through history... And you, not in our day, but leading up to our day, mm-hmm. that someday this people group are insignificant, unempowered, persecuted, tried to be wiped out, will come back to a place that at different times in history, whether the Romans had it, or the Crusaders had it, or the Mamluks had it, or the Byzantines had it, or the Ottoman Turks had it, that is control of the land, that someday at some specified time, what the New Testament calls the times of the Gentiles, mm-hmm. would be over and the Jews would inherit mm-hmm. Jerusalem mm-hmm. and the land mm-hmm. and the Jewish people would be in control. It was absurd. So again, how do I make sense out of that? Well, it must mean the church. It must mean me. It must mean the Pope. It must mean who it put your favorite person or people in charge. But it certainly cannot mean identifiable group that we've come to know as Jews would be in control and live in their land.
0: So let's let's transition then now to sure. the hatred part of this. Ah. Okay, because I think this is a really good place to, to transition into that. So my first my first uh, observation stroke question to you hmm. about this is uh, how does it, it seems to me that replacement theology, or the idea that the Jews and Israel are no longer significant, okay, that's replacement theology. Correct. The church is now the new Israel. We don't need that anymore. We right. don't need that old stuff anymore. Uh, despite the fact that Jesus said, "I came to fulfill the law, to complete it, to fulfill it, make it fully, its fully, make it fully what is intended to be." not abolish it, make it full, complete. Uh, So, uh, But when I say the Jews or Israel no longer matters, isn't that kind of a beginning of anti-Semitism? Isn't that the beginning of the hatred seed, if you like?
1: Well, certainly from a Jewish perspective, it absolutely would be, even if a person didn't mean it to be in their heart, Mm -hmm. it would certainly be uh, perceived that way. It's be akin to me saying, uh, you know, Jeff, I'm your friend, I'm not against you, but God's kind of done with you. Be like me. So, uh, I think there's
0: a bi- biblical uh, reference here that I'd like to bring forth. So, the word the word for hate in the New Testament uh, can mean utterly despise, it can mean that, but it also means to defer, or to uh, esteem less, to not care about, to, like, dismiss, Right. So when Jesus said, unless you hate your mother and father, he wasn't saying that you should despise and utterly, you know, utterly despise your parents. He's saying, if you make your parents more important than me, you're missing the boat and you're not going to be saved. You have to be you have to put me first and everything else second. So honor. So because it's the commandment, honor your mother and father. Right. 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 Uh, So Jesus wasn't canceling that. When he said, hate your mother and father, he's saying, no, 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 don't, don't, don't worship your parents. Worship me. Right. And, and so that's, that's kind of a, that's a, that's a view of that's when you start that, when you say it's no longer important to me or as important to me, you kind of,
1: you you start going down that road to despise. Well, you absolutely do. And whether or not a person can vocalize or precisely uh, define where that's coming from, that's exactly what's happening there. So even in our day you'll find some anti-Semites who say oh no, don't accuse me of hatred I don't hate the Jew, I hate Zionists, or I hate Israelis or I hate what they're doing Basically what you're saying and I'm agreeing with is that that's all a cover for anti-Semitism because the world is at odds if you will with these promises of God toward Israel and the Jews, which is that they will have enormous Mm -hmm. influence on the world, quote, in the latter days, as it were. They will be restored to the land. They'll come again, just like Messiah, if you will, you know, their second coming to the land. They, uh, They will be there and the world will be consumed with everything they do and are. And we can see that. We said there is a statistical margin of error for a percentage of the Earth's population, and yet the world is consumed fully. At least two-thirds of the UN, the United Nations, the United Gentile Nations, condemnations have been directed against a people and a place on the globe that is insignificant. And yet two-thirds of their condemnations are directed at that group.
0: Hundreds of them have been passed by the UN.
1: Hundreds. At least two-thirds of all of them have been directed in one form or another against the people, the government, the land. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, as uh, Christians uh, who uh, support what the Bible says about what God will do, the promises encompassed in the Jewish concept of a Messiah, because all of these concepts are Jewish, they raise that issue of what is triggering your opposition to these people. That is what I said was the spiritual dilemma going on in people. Now, if a person is intellectually honest and they're just trying to say how do these seemingly contradictory passages actually harmonize, that's a different issue. And a person can be vocal. But if he's really wanting to get toward truth, that's a good thing. However, whether it's in the scholarly article you wrote, and I don't mean that person is anti-Semitic or not, I have no idea, whether it's a scholarly article or whether it's a radical hate group, hate speech that's virulent and obviously anti-Semitic, it doesn't matter whether you use big words to say I'm against God's plan or base crude words to say I'm against God's plan. At its core, it's spiritual.
0: So that is the key right there for me. Just for me, I'm saying for me. What you just said to me is in order for me, and you said this in in the last episode, in order for me to accept God's plan for the world, Israel is a part of that plan. Jesus is returning to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. Right? Absolutely. Returning to that place. So unless there's a land and a place and Jesus, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter. God's plan can't happen. So if I believe in God's plan, how can I deny Israel? How can I deny the Jews? How can I overlook them? Wish them dead to me? Make them make them non you know insignificant? If that's part of God's plan, how can I do that? As a Christian, I'm talking as a Christian. So that's why I'm speaking to her. any Christian who who downplays
1: it and, and, and says it's not, it doesn't matter has has not read the Bible. Well, has not read the Bible or has read it with, as they say, jaundiced dies You know, there's a thing called, Jeff, uh, the law of first learned. Whatever I've learned first, whatever I've been taught originally is the hardest thing to reevaluate. And these carry through with us from little things told to us as children right to our old age as it were. So if a person has a good heart, if you will, I, I, I don't I'm talking about the person out there who's not hateful, doesn't wish evil, these things, but he's been taught a certain way of thinking and interpreting scripture in this case. Yes. It is virtually impossible to come to him at some stage later and say, reevaluate that in the light of X. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a very difficult. And that's why I say if a person seriously is wrestling with, boy, I'm reading these things in the Bible here that says these promises are forever and everlasting, and I swear this covenant to you upon my oath and upon my name that, that uh, like in uh, Jeremiah, the new covenant, only if the sun and moon can cease from being shall you ever be but before me in, in all of your ways, the, the, this new covenant. Uh, How can that be when I look and the Jews, by and large today, don't even recognize Messiah and sometimes speak against him? That can be a difficult thing for a person, saying, how do I readjust my thinking? How do I listen to what you're saying, look at the words in the Bible in their plain and literal sense, and say the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times it mentions Israel and the Jews, is not what it really means. So, in other words, you have to say to yourself, Jeff, personally, I think God is schizophrenic and suffers from a multiple personality disorder. <laughs> he was the mean old God of the Old Testament who became this very nice fellow to yeah. us Gentiles in mm-hmm. the New. Mm-hmm. No, God did not go through some sort of strange metamorphosis. He no. is consistent from beginning yeah. to end.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting.
1: So, but,
0: but the idea of... Uh, Buying into a teaching that says that Israel is not the thing anymore—that it's not important as much—and the idea of deferring away from Israel as a as an entity, not recognizing, for example, present-day Israel as Israel, a lot of people believe in. A lot of people buy into that, uh, especially the, the more liberal-thinking uh, Christians that I know. They right. say it's, it, it's just a construction of man—the the, the current state of Israel and and that so when you do that you dismiss you dismiss the Jews you dismiss Israel and and then you get into this thinking well we're we're all Israel the whole church is Israel and everything but if you deny if you deny the tribes if you deny the the cause if you deny the as Paul says in Romans 11 the root the root we're grafted into that tree correct Paul's very, it's a very good metaphor. It's very clear in Romans 11 right. that we are the wild olive tree and we're grafted into the cultivated olive tree, which is the one that God cultivated. That's, right. he's, the, he's the gardener, Absolutely. right? He's the vine dresser. Jesus said, I am the vine dresser, right? So, And we are grafted into that beautiful, wonderful tree, which is Israel. Sure. And Paul says in Romans 11, do not forsake the fact
1: that you get your sustenance from the root. Right, and, and if in this discussion uh, we're talking about uh, some of the, um, I'll say, angst even that some sincere Christian could have over reading the significance of Israel and the Jews, then you have to say to yourself, it gives you a new perspective on why some of these people who have been called Judaizers in the New Testament, Mm -hmm. they were struggling with the same thing. Remember, they didn't have a quote-unquote New Testament to look at. Mm -hmm. All the scriptures referred to in the New Testament, you know, all scriptures good for edification, for reproof, for correction, so on, so on, they all referred back to the Old Testament Bible, the, the whole Tanakh. So those people are reading these things with the same angst, if you will, saying, wait, we've got this, this unfounded reality of Gentiles coming into the faith. Certainly something's happening. Look at the Holy Spirit's healing them, doing things for them. They're speaking in tongues, whatever it is that's giving some outward evidence. And these Jews are now wrestling, saying, wait, I believe in this holy mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. But he said, A, B, C, D, how do I harmonize this? That's where we are now with the fulfillment of the Gentiles. The Gentiles have had it for the last two days or 2,000 years. That's another <laughs> mystical thing. But they also are saying, well, wait a minute. We're used to hearing the scripture this way and interpreting it this way. And now there's Jews in Israel, and it's in front of us. And I see it on the news. And, and I read about it in uh, my favorite magazine and newspaper what could it mean? They're wrestling in the same way, and you're getting the same uh, pushback and resistance and wonder, and that's why I say to people, it's sort of tongue-in-cheek when they say, oh, you're trying to Judaize. Mm. And I've had people say that, okay. And I say, no, I'm really not, and I'm not trying to Gentileize either.
0: I'm trying to get to the truth here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Now, to your point about whether the church took over Israel, Mm -hmm. the promises Mm -hmm. and the meaning and the fulfillment first of all it's totally contradictory to what all of the prophets up to the New Testament say totally contradictory Mm. we have a verifiable geographic location and people but if you just look at the New Testament document alone and the one almost all Christians immediately gravitate to for end times if you will uh, insights is the book of Revelation the last book That book is entirely composed of what was previously said by all the Jewish prophets in the Old Testament. There's nothing new there. Nothing. At that point, it's very significant that when John gets caught up to have his revelation, he's looking around, and one of the things that completely just blows him away is he says, holy cow, I saw people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Now, how in the world, hmm. how in the world would he be able to delineate that if we all just morph into something called "quote unquote" church, Jews, Israel, spiritual Israel, whatever? You, if that weren't the case, no. He saw something very delineated and identifiable, and they were from everywhere,
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: surprised him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the
0: word that's uh, translated most often right before he says it is "Behold." Yeah. Which is look,
1: Yeah, amazing! Right. It's, it's an exclamation of holy cow! Like you say, right? Yeah, that whole book, like many of the other books. But uh, you know, one of the things about that just as an aside here, quick, is when he was caught up through this portal, as it were. Mm-hmm. I mean, John, beloved of Jesus, taught under the greatest mentor ever. Who knows the number of insights and visions he had before this? But he gets caught up and what's one of the first things that happens? He sees Jesus in his glorified state and his knees buckle. Jesus sends some angel, which we don't know what that means or who it is or what type, and John starts worshiping it. He's completely he's overwhelmed and the angel has to say, I don't no no, no if we don't do that here, sorry. Get up. In other words, it was all to John. Mm-hmm. Behold, mm-hmm. holy cow! Mm-hmm. Look at this! Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. And so people wonder why they struggle with that book. Well, John struggled with what's going on here, even though he wrote it. So
0: yeah, he he was just, and he was. Thank God he was just faithful to record it as it happened without editorial comment. <laughs> he just recorded it. Yeah. And now we we you know we, we try to figure it out, but it, it's 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 uh, yeah. That's well, guaranteed.
1: People asked him after the fact, so John, what did you mean by that? And if I had to surmise, I bet John says, I don't even know. <laughs> but, you know, Jeff, if I could comment real quickly here, you read that verse from Romans uh, two uh, twenty nine, I think that's your reference, right? And, yes. And, and it seems very clear on its face, like a great many things seem very clear on its face. Mm-hmm. However, uh-huh. it just occurs to me, if you read the very next chapter, mm-hmm. Paul says, after saying, you're all Jews. In a sense, mm-hmm. spiritually, mm-hmm. in a sense, mm-hmm. if you have a change of heart, you follow God, you strive to know his will. His yeah. thing. If yeah. So in a sense, yeah. you're in. Yeah. In a sense.
0: Yeah.
1: But then he says, I know I'm going to get pushback, so let me try to make this clear. And in Romans 3, he then goes on and says, so what advantage is there in being a Jew? And he says, much in every way way. Mm-hmm. For to the Jews were given the promises and the oracles of God and so on, oracles, the words, the Torah. They were given the prophets. They were given. But it encompasses you. They were given for the Jews, yes indeed, by the Jews, yes mm-hmm. indeed, every book of the Bible throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they all promise, I have to do it this way so I can bring all of you in to the kingdom. Mm. So why would there be any sort of disagreement with Israel and the Jews if what your hope is, is Messiah and God's kingdom? It's nonsensical, in other words.
0: It is. Yeah. So when I think about what all this means, when I think about what all this means, so the, the idea of, of hating, hating the Jews begins with, Deferring from their existence, saying they're not important. The church is the new Israel. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. It begins there, but then it it, it, it accelerates into you know psychotic, if you like, or or uh, psychosis of you know actual hatred and hatred to the extent where Hitler would uh, exterminate, try to exterminate them.
1: Yes, he would.
0: The problem, take care of the problem, to exterminate them, and and uh, many others have have done this. And, and the church, you know, persecuted uh, the great. Uh, what is it called? Uh,
1: in, in,
0: when they when they tried to convert all the Jews. Uh, oh yeah. The, well,
1: when they had the Inquisition, the Inquisition. Is one of yeah. them, but there's been many attempts outside yeah. of the Inquisition yeah. as well to force forcefully convert forcefully convert uh, uh, yeah Jews.
0: So the the Great Inquisition is another example. And, and it just uh, it, it, it begins with the idea that they don't matter. Correct. When something doesn't matter, you start to devalue it. Absolutely. If you look at a person that way, if you look at an idea that way, if you devalue it, think of it less than, it cascades from there down to something. Let's just crush it like a bug because it doesn't matter anymore.
1: That's, that's correct. If, if you can dehumanize a person... And that was the whole thing under Hitler and many people before that. Uh, If if I can devalue that as a human, so you no longer have to look at them as a human being. But they are above that. I mean, if you even think of this, and it goes back to our, our, our thought, Jeff, that says... First, you have to recognize the sheer improbability, impossibility. It's like dot zero, 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 just keep going percent that such a thing could happen. What thing? Well, even though there's a country in the Middle East today called Egypt, there are no Egyptians. Uh, even though there's a country called Iraq with its capitals there of, uh, of uh, Baghdad, there, there's no Babylon, uh, 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 and ancient Babylon, Baghdad is present there are no Babylonians Mm-mm. if you take uh, the Assyrians who brought the northern kingdom and dispersed them into the world the, the quote unquote ten lost tribes there are no Ninevans. right they're all gone right every pe- people and nation and power that came against Israel mm. they're gone however who remains who remains
0: the Jews the
1: Jew. and so there's only one thing you can do with that I hate that that happens mm-hmm or say, oh my goodness, this is miraculous. How could they remain? The ancient Hebrew, Israelite, Jewish people are on the earth. And more stunning than that, that they're just, happened, a historical accident happened to live, but they're back, they returned again, and they're in the land.
0: So their, their continued presence, the fact that they've survived, the fact that no matter what else has happened, they remain, the fact that there is a nation, the fact that there is land, the fact that it is there.
1: And they're thriving. And, and they're, they're thriving
0: vibrant. and they're vibrant, all says
1: this matters. This matters, and there's no such thing called cessationism in that point then. How could this be? This cannot be an historical cannot accident. Be. It is impossible. Cannot be. So then you have to realign your thinking and say, But what can it mean, and can I get in harmony with that? And does it mean that any and everything any and every Jew or Israeli does is good? That's not the question, because the answer would be no. Mm -hmm. However, what are you doing? Because we know that Scripture throughout judges, if you will, humankind on one issue. How did you treat my people Israel, mm-hmm. how did you treat my people? So I don't have to say that a, 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 a an Israeli, a Jewish person who does something illegal, immoral, wrong, that I say I don't care. I bless him. I bless him. I bless him. No, I can be against that act, but there's a fine line between saying that and saying I also agree with Hitler who used church doctrine to kill, murder, wipe out. But there were many Hitlers throughout history. He's just one type of what we as Christians call anti-Messiah.
0: Well, Neil, this has been a great conversation for our second episode of Israel, Why is the Middle East Important? I don't think we finished this particular conversation about why people hate the Jews and how that happens. I think we'll pick that up again on our next episode. As you can tell, Neil and I enjoy talking about this subject as it helps us. To get to the root of the matter about God and why we're here. Thank you for listening to this podcast and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at our home at Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East Important? That's Israel, why is the Middle East Important? You can email us at why is the Middle East Important at gmail.com. That's why is the Middle East Important at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, please invite your friends to this conversation. One thing Neil and I always say to each other is, I don't know. Because that state of mind is what helps us to learn and grow. We invite you into that journey with us. From Neil and Jeff, Shalom, and see you next time.